Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. We are so delighted this morning to have with us Brother Jimmy Smith. He is the brother. He's famous because he's the brother of Brother Billy Smith. And... Uh, he has also served in many capacities in our denomination, pastor. He has served as state overseer. He served as in our evangelism and home missions department. I believe as both assistant and director. And uh, so many capacities. Been overseer of some of our biggest states, Florida, Western North Carolina. And we're so thankful that he is a, a Mississippi boy. And, and somehow, even being Billy's brother, he made it, you know, the Lord helped him, I mean. And so we are so delighted. I know for many of you, he's no stranger, but we are so thankful when he's coming in for a reunion uh, this weekend. Brother Billy told me he'd be here, and uh, I knew with the game last night I'd be going to is probably going to be I'd need prayer anyway. So uh, I'm thankful that it all worked out for him to be here with us this morning. Would you welcome back to the pulpit of Starkville Church of God, Brother Jimmy Smith, this morning. Thank you, Pastor. What a real joy and a privilege it is to be back at Starkville and to be with you. And we did come down for the reunion uh, at Sturgis. It was uh, many years ago. Uh, my dad moved to the Bradley Church of God. I was about 14 years old and started school at Sturgis. And um, I went by and saw the first grade that I went into when I moved. I wasn't in the first grade when I was 14. <laughs> I was in the second grade. No, no, I was just in, uh, in the eighth grade. And um, that uh, was a beginning of a life-changing moment for me and for uh, some of my other siblings. But uh, my dad pastored the Bradley Church of God, and we went to Sturgis High School. And it's where I met my wife. Was living out on Craig Road. She's 12 years old, I believe, at the time. But her mother wouldn't let me marry her until she finished high school. <laughs> <laughs> but Peggy's with me of uh, 53 years. Would you stand, Peggy, wherever you are? Yeah, there's my wife. Now, you're talking about somebody that can bring you down to earth. As your wife could kind of put you in place, you know, when they appointed me out as an overseer uh, up in southern New England. Uh, my wife told me one morning, she said, uh, would you take out the garbage? I said, wait a minute. I'm an overseer now. I don't take out garbage anymore. She said, get yourself in there if you can take out garbage. <laughs> but uh, we have had a, a wonderful marriage. Uh, somebody said, well, how do you live with one woman for 53 years? Well, two or three things. Number one, let her think she's getting her way. Number two, let her have her way. <laughs> You'll live a long time together. But I love her, and she's with us today. And Amen. <laughs> Praise God. This church has been a blessing to me over the years because of, of living close by and growing up around Bradley and Sturgis and Longview. And um, then uh, 
It was just a, a wonderful experience because of, of my dad being a pastor and uh, meeting the thoughtful people, a lot of people here that we love and appreciate that helped molded my life and prayed for me over the years. We thank you for that. And uh, we thank God for this church and for your leadership. Uh, I think most of you are aware that leadership, especially the pastor and his wife and family, is very important to a church. And uh, you have with you uh, one of the finest pastors and his wife and daughters that I know of anywhere in the Church of God. And uh, he uh, loves the Lord. He loves you. He's told me so. He loves uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, that gets him by with a lot of things with me right there. And uh, his lovely wife, they say she is great with the women and working with the ladies. And I can't tell you how much that my brother in Melbourne has bragged on these two girls of theirs. Uh, they just think they're wonderful, and they must be. But would you give your pastor and his wife and daughters a round of applause? God bless you. Appreciate it. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 9 for the Word of God today. I'll tell you what uh, Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband, I won't keep you long. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, I want to speak this morning for a few moments on the thought of chasing donkeys and finding your destiny. Here tucked away in 1 Samuel chapter 9 is a beautiful story. I read it uh, daily, sometimes twice because of the things that happened and what I call the synchronicity moments that are events in our lives are linked with one another to each other that gets us where we are today. You know, if I could sit down at your kitchen table and talk to you about how you met your wife or your husband, you would give me a myriad of stories of how someone introduced you or someone did this or that, but my dad moved to Bradley, Mississippi. He could have moved to another place, but I'm glad he didn't because I met the wife of my dreams there, even at the age of 14. Uh, we grew up as sweethearts together. And when I went by yesterday, uh, Brother Dennis, uh, that school, it looks so small now. Back then, it looked like it was a big place. I went by the uh, school and went by the seventh grade class where my wife handed me a note outside the window one morning. And the rest, they say, is history. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing how events in our lives brings us to where we are today. Maybe what brought you to this church. I know Brother Dennis and I were talking in the office. Uh, he had wanted for years to come to be your pastor. Um, and uh, you, some of you wanted him to come. And uh, somehow it didn't work out then, but it worked out now. But uh, I am so glad to see that God does work on both ends at the same time to get things done. Stand for the reading of the word, if you would, please. It's going to be lengthy, I'm going to tell you that, but my message won't be as long as I, my, I want you to get the whole text of this because we're going to see 
how these events were linked to one another to get uh, the man of God right where he wanted him. Now, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bacharoth, the son of Alpha, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice man and a goodly, and there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. That means he was tall. He was good looking. And then the, I'm not going to use that third word. My daddy never would let me use that word. I'm going to use the word donkeys. I hope you understand that. <laughs> And the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, was lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, son, Saul to his, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee and arise and go seek the donkeys. And he passed through Mount Ephraim and he passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites. But they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father leave caring for the donkeys and take thought of us. And he said unto him, Behold now, there is in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither. Preadventure. He show us our way that we should go. Then said Saul to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? And the servants answered Saul again, and said, Behold, I have here in hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then said Saul to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went into the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water. And said unto them, There is a seer here. And they answered them and said, He is, behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for he is come today to the city, for there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. As soon as ye be come into the city, ye shall straightway find him before he go up into the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he come. Because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that he he bidden. Now therefore, get you up, for about this time you shall find him. And they went up to the high city, or went up to the city. And when they were come to the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. A day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou sh shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel. 
that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where's the seer's house is? <laughs> he didn't recognize it. And Samuel answered Saul and said, Well, I'm the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and I will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine donkeys that were lost three days ago, set not thine mind on him, on them, for they are found, and on whom is all the desire of Israel, is it not on thee and on all the Father's house? You may be seated. We find in this scripture the beautiful story of a man chasing after donkeys. It seemed like a menial task. You that have farm animals know that cows can get out. Stock can get out. You have to go look for them. And here in this story, while he is chasing these donkeys, he runs into the very man he was looking for. Now, when you begin to read this story, you think this tall, good-looking young man is about to do something great. I mean, he's tall. He's good-looking. I mean, you would think he was a Lance Armstrong about to go after his seventh tour to France. You would think he was Anna Jones going after the lost ark. You would think he was a LeBron James going after a triple-double, 20 rebounds, 15 cents, 60 points. But this tall, good-looking young man is out on a donkey search. But not only is he out on a donkey search, he's out on an unsuccessful donkey search. Did you see all the places they look for the donkeys? God has a way through synchronicity moments in your life and my life to get us to the very person he wants us to marry. He does the same way of getting you to the right church he wants you to attend. He says, does the right thing about getting you the right job. He may use a person in your life that you know, that they know somebody, and they know somebody else. All kinds of ways that God uses people to get the job done. The first thing I want you to see about turning a donkey chase into a destiny is God will use unidentified sources to get his will done in your life and my life. Somebody shout amen. You, when you think back in your life, somebody introduced you uh, to a person and you ended up marrying them. Well, you know, here this 
was, first of all, uh, Saul was sent, uh, Kish sent his son Saul to look for the donkeys. He could sit anyone he wanted to. He chose Saul. Saul could have said, Daddy, I wish you'd send somebody else. I don't feel good today. No, I want you to go, Saul. Uh, then he said, uh, he's going to send this unidentified servant uh, to go with him. Now, look, he is unidentified. He doesn't have a name. He goes with Saul. They look for the donkeys everywhere. They couldn't find them. And this unidentified servant speaks up and says, look, this is after Saul said, look, uh, I think we'll just turn around and go back home. Uh, these donkeys will find their way home somehow. Somebody will find them. They'll bring them to us. No. This, he said, let's go back because my, my father is going to get worried about us not coming back soon enough. And he said, well, I've heard. Now, he didn't have to say a word, but he did. I've heard that nearby is a man of God. And if we will go to him, he will show us our way. Thank God for unidentified people in our life that speaks up at the right time and the right place. So I shout amen. <laughs> because, because, you know, uh, it's, it's just the way it works. He said, well, he said, well, I, I don't know about that, but we, we'll do that. Uh, I had that to happen to me whenever I was, uh, I guess, at my first church. I had, uh, because there will be people that will come into your life that will change your life forever. I'm going to mention this man's name. My brother knows his name. He may not remember him, uh, but my dad pastored the Tallahassee Church of God. Nobody in here has a clue where that is. Do you? Anybody know where? Oh, you, brother, you, you might. Your, your, your father might have pastored down there. Uh, it was changed later to the Ronaldstown Church of God. Who knows where Ronaldstown is? Three or four more. And that's about 15 miles from Pedal, Mississippi. Anybody know where Pedal? There's a few more. That's about 20 miles from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. How many know where Hattiesburg is? <laughs> it's out in the country. And so my dad pastored that church when we were boys. And uh, we run those roads and we played football and basketball around there just as young kids. But later when I met my wife and we got married, I was called to preach. The district overseer of this church uh, came to Bradley, Mississippi, put me in a little side room, and I took a test. And I passed my test for my exhorter's license. And uh, then this overseer called me from Jackson, Mississippi, and wanted me to go pastor the Ronaldstown Church of God. Well, I said, well, I'd, I'd like to go. And I, had, I, was, I was, had a job in Louisville at the clock factory. I forgot the name of that. Somebody can help me with that. Sparta, that was it. I worked at Sparta Church of God. That's the main spot. <laughs> There's a Sparta Church of God somewhere. Uh, I worked at uh, Sparta, made those clocks. Anybody have one of those little uh, cats his tail would tick back forth? I hope you don't. That was a long time ago. 
And uh, so I, I said, yeah. So I got the vote to go. And I was so thrilled. I got down there. We moved in a pickup truck. We had everything we owned in the pickup truck. And we moved down there, and I couldn't wait for the first Sunday to see how many people we had. And Sunday rolled around. We got ready, went out to the church. And we waited and waited and waited. Finally, one or two people showed up. And finally, before it was over, we had 12 people that showed up for church. We came back Sunday night. The same 12 came back Sunday night. I started calling them a dirty dozen. I tell you, they were wonderful, wonderful people. I'm going to tell you, you can't hardly beat those people out in the country. And so they would come to church, and they supported us. My first Sunday, I couldn't wait. They brought me an envelope with all of my tithe and offering together because my, just my wife and me didn't take much for us to live. But uh, when we got out and counted the tithe and offering together, there was a dollar and 49 cents total. I want to say thank the Lord for what we did get. It could have been zero. And uh, I told my wife, I said, if we're going to live and have something to eat, we've got to get some people in this church that can tithe on top of that. <laughs> now, I had one of the members come around to me that first Sunday. He said, he said now, Brother Smith said, we gotta, you need one thing you need to know before you uh, uh, dismiss us today. There's a man up here at the end of the road. It was a rock road. When you made the curve, it was a blacktop road. But if you turned off there at the blacktop road onto a rock road, it was about a three half a mile to a three-quarters of a mile to where the Tallahalee Church of God was on a rock road. That man was shell-shocked in the war. You don't want to stop at his house. He's been known to stand at the corner of the blacktop road because a man in a pickup truck ran over his dog, and for weeks he stood on that blacktop road waiting for that man to get off of work and make the around the curve. He would curse him when he saw him coming and curse him when he went out of sight. He was an old man. You know, his wife's name was Mamie. He said, don't stop there. Don't visit him. He said, he's, he's not right. The uh, elevator doesn't go to the top. Or he liked a few bells of having a load. Or You know what I'm talking about. I don't know all the cliches of that. <laughs> Didn't have a tooth in his head. He wore, when he would go out of his house, go to town, he would wear these, uh, this uh, shirt and pants that matched. They were khaki, khaki shirts, khaki pants, and brogan boots. And uh, one day he came down the road and started down that path toward the parsonage. And I saw him coming. And I said to Peggy, I said, Peggy, you go in the back room and pray. 
because Abner Broom is coming toward our house. She said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no, he's coming. And they, they told me not to even stop at his house if he waved you down. And I didn't. I didn't know what he was capable of doing. But he came down, knocked on the door. He didn't have any teeth, tobacco on both sides of his chin. Knocking on Called me little preacher. I was, he didn't know my name. <laughs> little preacher, little preacher. I came. I said, "Hey, Mr. Broom." He was Mr. Broom to me. What do you need? Got to take Mamie to the doctor. I said, "Well, okay." I said, "I don't have a car. Don't have license. If I did have one, me or Mamie need the one can drive. They were up in years." Well, I'd be uh, be glad to take you, Mr. Broom. And anywhere else you want to go. <laughs> you remember him, Billy? Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I picked him up and took him to, to the doctor. There's a few things I liked about him. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but the doctor I go to in Cleveland, I've been known to sit there for an hour waiting on him to get me back just to do blood work. And uh, I had a little talk with him about that. It's another story. But we, we walk in, Mr. Broom and, and Mamie and me, and I sit down over in the corner, and he'd walk right up. There's a, uh, I'm having a broom, and that's my wife, Mamie, and she needs to see the doctor. Now the little preacher brought us up here, and we can't wait. <laughs> so help me, they would take here right back in there. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but right back there would go. So my goodness, I want to try that. My goodness. And there, so there they were. And uh, he'd come back out. I'd take him back home. I did that several times. He'd just come to, got to go to the doctor. So one day he'd, he'd come down and said, Little preacher, I need to go. I need to go get some groceries. I took him several times. And he, if he offered me money, I wouldn't give him anything. I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let him give me anything. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to stay on his good side. I think we'll forget he wanted to go to the Piggly Wiggly. I know, I know I lost you now. Anybody ever heard of a Piggly Wiggly? This is the most intelligent crowd I've ever seen in my life. Well, uh, we went to the Piggly Wiggly, and uh, he got him a cart. And I've never done this before. And all the times I took him to the doctor, he said, little preacher, get you a cart. Boy. Now, remember, I'm not making much where I am. <laughs> and uh, he got five pounds of cornmeal, and he got another one and put it in my bag basket. He got flour. He put flour in my basket. Everything he got... The little preacher guy. Boy, I'm feeling good right now. And uh, I said, Mr. Room, you don't have to do that. He said, well, we're using your car. We're using your gas. Uh, I want to do it, little preacher. I said, well, it's all right with me if it's all right with you. And he filled my card up. Holy Ghost is coming all over me all the time. I wanted to shout 
but I knew I shouldn't do it in Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> that, that went on for several months. I'm talking about God will bring people into your life. Unidentified, unknown, that will change your life forever. One Saturday, by this time, I was calling him Uncle Al because we got, we got pretty close traveling together. And I mean, he was just, he was just a fine old man. Walked down that path and told Peggy, I said, Peggy, Uncle Al's coming down here. It's, it's a Saturday night. Oh, I don't know what he's coming for, but you go back in that room and pray again. I'll see what he wants. He came in. I said, Uncle Ed, what you doing here on Saturday night? Is Mamie all right? Do y'all need to go to the doctor? Oh, no, 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 preacher. I need a, I need a shave. Well, I, I shaved him before. I mean, he loved for me to shave him. Because... I, I, uh, we we had running water at that time. We'd, we'd run down to the creek and get some water. <laughs> and, we, and we'd warm it up on the stove. And I would bathe his face with that warm water and that tobacco coming down both sides. And, and once in a while, you'd say, oh, he, he loved a hot rag on that beard. And I'd wash his beard. Softened up till I could cut it real good. I said, Uncle Ab, what are you doing down here on Saturday night? And they will forget those words as long as I live. He said, I'm coming to hear you preach in the morning, little preacher. Coming to hear you preach. He had never darkened that door in months. And they told me, the members of that church, that he'd never been to church. He was up in his 80s. Lived there all of his life. Coming to hear you preach, in you know, a little preacher. I shaved him real good. I said, I'll see you in the morning. I didn't believe he was coming. He was... He could beat any sailor cussing you ever heard. He would stand on his front porch and curse every cow into the barn <laughs> by name. When he called their name, they got themselves in there. They knew they better. Or they'd get a whooping. You say, Brother Smith, don't you mean whipping? No, they got a whooping. You say, what's the difference? You ever get going, you know the difference. <laughs> well, I got ready Sunday morning. Couldn't wait for church time. Look down that rock road. Here come a man with a clean shave, khaki shirt, buttoned to the top. Khaki pants, brogan shoes. Walk right down there, walk right in. And everybody's turning their heads. This, this, 
He was known as the meanest man in town. They couldn't believe their eyes, Pastor. Come in there and sit down on this side, and at the Tallahatee Church of God, they had what's called the Amen Pew. One pew along the side back there. He went out over there and sit with some of the other guys there. Oh, it had been about 20 years old. Couldn't preach worth a flip. Couldn't flip either. <laughs> I just talked a little bit about Jesus. When I gave the invitation, Uncle Ab stood up on his feet and come and stood right here in front of me. Full pulpit. I said, What do you need, Uncle Ab? He said, I need this Jesus you've been preaching about this morning. And I want to tell you, the Lord Jesus came into his heart, in his life. And that man, single handedly, filled that church up. Yeah. Now, some of them come because he said, You need to come here by a little preacher preach. But some of them come because they want to see Mr. Broom raise his hand and give Jesus the glory for saving his soul. Pack that church out. It wasn't but a few days after that. Peggy and I heard a noise outside, things like this. I'm going to lose some of you now. We'll probably have to help you after church. It was words like, gee, ha. Anybody know what that means? Gee means go right. Ha means goes left. Gee, ha means go straight ahead. He was talking to his mules. Well, I talked to you about these donkeys this morning. I love these two donkeys he had. Because he was plowing up a garden, straight as an arrow. But he didn't just make rows. He came back and planted peas, butter beans, black-eyed peas, planted some tomato. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost just thinking about them plants. Butter beans, a big piece of cornbread on the side, a big piece of onion. I'm feeling it right now. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But you know what? He was plowing my garden up. He came back and plowed it several times. Laying it off, they called it. Getting the grass out. And we ate good for several months. I can't hardly tell it without weeping because here was a man that came into my life that changed my life forever. Second point, I'm sorry, I stayed so long on that. Second thing I want you to see. Did you see all the things that, all the places they looked for these donkeys and couldn't find them? Did you see all the places they looked? It wasn't there. But they were almost ready to go home. 
The man didn't have to say a word, but he did. And he said, well, we'll, we'll go check him out. And then when he met the most famous man in the nation, he didn't even recognize him. It'd be like walking up to our President Trump and saying, I mean, President Biden, and saying, this is Mr. Biden. And they wouldn't even recognize him. Here this man was, the most famous man in the nation. They were looking, he was looking for him and didn't even recognize him when he was introduced to him. God can use a flawed plan and a flawed man. <laughs> because God's in charge of it all. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. <laughs> and so you see all these things that's going on in their lives? God can do that for us anyway he wants to I just think God is able to help people find a mate for their marriage he can find a college to go to he can find a, 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 the right kind of person uh, that they can spend the rest of their life with all kinds of things here they are Going from this way to that way, getting lost here, getting lost there, going here, going there. I heard about a man that uh, he and his wife was going on vacation, but he knew a shortcut. It's amazing how men know shortcuts. But you know what a, what a wife would rather do? They had rather go a little longer and get to their destination than take a shortcut and get lost. And this man took a shortcut, got in on a, on a detour, then on a dead-end street, then had to end up turning around, coming back, getting on the right road, and got back out there on the right road. They'd been fussing each other, you know, or arguing, or maybe gently fussing. And he looked over in the, in the field and saw some donkeys out there and he said to her is that some of your relatives out there <laughs> she said yes by marriage <laughs> oh lord but we get we get ourselves the biggest messes sometimes but not following God's plan I found out that you know we uh we get ourselves sort of in a mess trying to listen to ourselves instead of what God wants. Third thing I want you to see, and I'll, I'll be finished. I want to thank God that this is not the last donkey in the Bible. Fast forward to the New Testament. There is another donkey search not at Zuth but at Jerusalem go get him there is a donkey that has never been set on in other words never been broke and that reminds me of a, another donkey when my dad pastored the Richland Creek Church of God. 
I told you I love horses and donkeys, but I never could find horses much. But our neighbor, Mr. Summerall, had a, had a, had a mule that had a uh, chain on one of his feet to keep, I guess, getting out, of, getting out and, and uh, leaving the pasture or whatever. And I was in the fifth grade. I remember that. I went down in that field, and I caught him, and I led him over to a stump and got on him, and he just stood there. I said, this is not so bad. He's gentle. But I did one wrong thing. I said, get up. Well, he went one way, and I went another way. <laughs> he threw me off of that mule. I tell you, that was the dumbest thing I ever did. Well, not the dumbest, but it's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but look at this donkey telling the Lord has use of him it's a coat that never a man has set upon bring him to Jesus he has use of him And when Jesus slipped his legs over the body of that little donkey, he didn't buck. He didn't snort. He didn't gallop away. He didn't twist and turn. You know why? I believe when those holy legs slipped over his body that donkey realized the man who straddled him was the man who made him <laughs> when they made him one of each one every man after his own kind <laughs> this morning if you're here Every head's bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you feel like this might be the day that God has something special for you, maybe you want to find the right mate to marry, maybe you want to find the right school to attend. Maybe you want to find the right job to be employed. Whatever the case may be. And you say to me, Brother Smith, I would love for the Lord to give me one of those synchronicity moments so that I could find God's will in my life. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Find out more about us, follow us on social media at Starkville COG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at starkvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.